This podcast is brought to you by Uncaged from Z-Mind Game Studios, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to patreon.com slash twoheadednerd now to become a supporter. Okay, hi, this is David Mack, creator, writer, artist of Kabuki. Currently working on uh, covers to American Gods from Neil Gaiman and Jessica Jones from Marvel. And you are listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Podcast with Joe and Matt. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's Saturday morning, and that means it's my pleasure to welcome you to episode 461. Don't you fucking lie to them. Of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast, my name is Matt Paul. Don't you lie to them. They've been through so much oh, with us. Please. Haven't they suffered enough? Your pleasure. <laughs> and I'm Joe Patrick. Each week, Matt and I discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, TV news, and all the juicy rumors hiding in the garbage pile that is the internet. And let me tell you what. It stinks. It's getting rank. Consider us your benevolent two-headed monstrous guide through the wilderness of comic fandom. This week was the fall equinox. But thanks to global warming, it's still 90 degrees in Nebraska, which means this year's Oktoberfest is clothing optional. Joe, light the wicker man ablaze, prepare the parade of virgins, and let's put on our woolly chaps and ram's horns because it's time to celebrate the autumnal equinox. I don't know if that's uh, Oktoberfest related. And we begin by reviewing 10 of this week's new comics during... The ludicrous speed round! It's almost like more beer and less ritual sacrifice. Nah, see, you got it confused. (laughs) Dark Ark number one from Aftershock. It's 32 pages for $3.99. The only way you can say that, right? Yeah. Cullen Bunn's quest for market share dominance continues with yet another monthly title from the hardest working writer in comics here. Mr. Bunn tells the story of God flooding the earth and the two men that build arcs to save all the creatures. Yep, I said two. In this story, Noah took his family and all the world's natural creatures, and an evil sorcerer named Shrey was put in charge of all the world's supernatural creatures. Bun's tense, dark story is perfectly paired here with Wando's art. It's so good. In the story of hope, side by side with pure, hungry evil, I am fully on board for more Dark Ark, and I can't (laughs) wait to see where this story goes. Buy it. It was beautiful. The Librarians, number one from Dynamite, 32 pages, it's $3.99. Just in time for the Librarians to hit its peak popularity. The four, they got <laughs> four seasons and three movies. I had no idea. I know. I didn't know it was still a thing. Writer Will Pfeiffer and artist Rodney Buccemi bring the popular TNT sci-fi series to comics. It's on TNT, not Steve sci-fi. Buccemi's little brother, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as the titular librarians, curators of mystical and technological artifacts instead of books. I heard they have huge titulars. Whoa. Are led... You know what? We've made that joke before. I know. I just can't stop. Are led to the murder of a cheesy 70s alien conspiracy filmmaker. Pfeiffer does a good job introducing the characters and concept for newcomers. There's a helpful recap page. But there are one or two instances where the script assumes that the reader is a little too familiar with elements of the show. Never seen it. Okay. And is not explained in the book. I watched the Noah Wiley one, but he's not on the show anymore. He's recurring. Oh, he it's is. all It's all the same okay. yeah, world. He's still the same doctor from ER, right? Yeah, he plays uh, John Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ER of doctor. Mars. Uh, yeah. yeah, John Carter. <laughs> John Carter, ER doctor of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> But those are just minor moments, and they didn't really take me out of the story. Buchemi's art is solid throughout. He doesn't waste too much effort on actor likenesses, which I appreciated, though some of the male characters tend to take turns looking like either Matt Smith or David Tennant, huh. uh, depending on which angle they're being drawn from. All right. 
the cliffhanger the cliffhanger ending was bonkers. I like cliffhanger. Hanger. <laughs> And I need to see what happens next. It's got Bigfoots. I don't even know. This Big was my. Feet. I'm not going to tell you again. No, man, it's Bigfoots. This was my first exposure to the Librarians universe. I really enjoyed it. I'll be back for number two, and I'm going to check out the show because I love those kind of cheesy, yeah, 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 syndicated sci-fi shows. Sure. It's a buy it. Gasolina, number one from Image, 40 pages for $3.99. On the surface, Gasolina seems to be a fairly straightforward story of two newlyweds fleeing their past and working in Mexico harvesting sugarcane. Of course, there wouldn't be much of a story if that dark past didn't come back to haunt them. In the back matter of this book, Sean Makowitz spells out his ideas for Gasolina, which looks to examine the violence of the Mexican drug cartel and how it affects both the innocent and the guilty. His story is great, and it really fleshes out the starring couple while slowly revealing their secrets of their past with a great twist in the end, too. But then, bugs show up. Flesh-eating bugs. <laughs> is this a Black Mask book with sudden sci-fi elements for right? no reason? It seems like a strange addition to a story that was already set in a very tense, interesting, real-world setting. Makowitz is a very talented writer, and I like the as those real-world aspects of Gasolina, but the story faltered with the addition of the monster bugs. Dial that aspect back, and this book is a solid buy-it. Unfortunately, thanks to said bugs and some uneven art, I can only give Gasolina number one a skim it. I've been waiting all week to make a Mr. Gasolina, Mr. Bob Gasolina joke. Oh, that's pretty good. I didn't think of that. I think I couldn't find a way to work it in organically. <laughs> Half Past Danger 2, Dead to Rikes. Yeah, get, get it? it. Get it? Number one, IDW, 32 pages, three ninety nine. dollars uh, You guys are going to need to check out our written reviews on this book. More on that later. Uh, for my saga about Half-Past Danger, Half-Past Danger is Stephen Mooney's sci-fi period piece about an allied special ops team trying to prevent the Nazis from weaponizing dinosaurs. Holy shit. Yeah. I never read Half-Past Danger Volume 1, but I wasn't about to back down from a challenge. Mooney, the creator, writer, and artist, does a great job filling in hapless idiots like myself. Uh, there's a nice recap uh uh, uh, three or four recap pages of the tone of the book is exactly what you want from a high concept, high adventure story like this. It's heavy on action and intrigue with a Rocketeer vibe that I really appreciated. I think it's Rock Eater. Rock Eater. Yeah. I got it. That extends to Mooney's beautiful art as well, which invokes the grit and glamour of Dave Stevens's timeless pinup action style. Triona Farrell's colors mesh well with Mooney's line work, shifting palettes as the story moves between multiple environments like dingy dungeons and lush dinosaur islands. Like I said, I completely missed the first volume of this story, but I had a good time reading this nonetheless. That's a job well done. Half-Past Ginger 2, number one, gets a buy it. Killer Instinct, number one, from Dynamite. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Remember Killer Instinct? It was yeah. Rare and Midway's answer to Mortal Kombat's there was a gorilla. dominance. There was a gorilla. Of arcade fighting games? I only vaguely remember it because Mortal Kombat was a way better game. But that's not going to stop Dynamite from trying to wade through the neck-deep sludge that is Killer Instinct's bizarre mythology. Well, there's a modern remake on Xbox. Yeah, well, it's that coming. Was, no, it's no, it's yet. out. It's free to play. They were, like, releasing it in seasons. Like, oh, every okay. season, they'd add a new feature. Ian Edgington is charged with trying to flesh out over-the-top characters with silly names originally just meant to look cool murdering each other while players mash buttons to unlock combos. The story is fine, if not predictable, and forces the two stars, Kim Woo and Yago, into fights that might be worthy of Killer Instinct murder battles. I honestly don't remember much about the game, but the art does not sell the action either. <laughs> Why Dynamite feels it necessary to bring Killer Instinct back now, I guess we just learned. They've been putting out stuff that I did not know about. Yeah, there's a new game. But uh, you can feel free to leave this one. It I mean, was bad. Uh, I mean, th yes, there is a modern game, but it's also not brand new, so they are right. in typical Dynamite fashion. Yeah. 
really late to the game. Yeah, about 15 years late in this case. Miller World Annual 2017 from Image. It's 32 pages, 299. For the second year in a row, Mark Miller assembles a large roster of comic industry newcomers to tell short stories about six of his creations, Kick-Ass, Empress, Superior, Nemesis, Huck, and Super Crooks. I wish I was in the name of one character. <laughs> it's Kick-Ass, Empress, Superior, Nemesis, Huck, and Super Crooks. Oh, no. <laughs> As you can imagine, the stories are a real mixed bag, but the creators were only working with four or five pages each to tell a satisfying story. A tough job for sure. Uh, there are some standouts. And uh, you should definitely check it out because as hit and miss as the issue was, I can't deny its worth. Not only is Miller using his enormous industry clout to launch the careers of a dozen brand new creators, but all of the profits for this issue are going to the hero initiative. I almost feel like Mark Miller is like, everybody thinks I'm an asshole. Watch this. And like the last but few years. But he's always done this. Yeah, he's, he's always, always been, been a this person. You were like, the only one saying he was an asshole. Say, thank you. <laughs> say what you will about Mark Miller. The dude knows how to give back. I'm giving Miller World Annual 2017 a very strong skin. Samurai Jack, Quantum Jack, number one of five. It's IDW, 32 pages, 399. Jack is back, but you might not recognize him unless you squint and let your eyes go out of focus a little bit like you're looking at one of those pictures with all the dots. Nam Wolf and Space Riders. Wow. Nam Wolf and Space Riders writer Fabian Wrangle Jr. gives us a different vision of Jack as a baseball bat-wielding leader of a biker gang in a post-apocalyptic future. But this alternate Jack is starting to realize all might not be as it seems. Warwick Caldwell's insane art here is reminiscent of Wrangle's artist on Space Riders, Alex Zirit, a guy I really, really enjoy. And it really brings his story home. Quantum Jack is an insane read that captures the spirit of Samurai Jack perfectly. While introducing readers to another insane art talent, this gets a huge buy it. You said insane twice so, in that sentence. You was, must really mean it. It was totally bonkers. Angelic, number one, 32 pages from Image, 399. Winged monkeys, techno dolphins, quantum alley cats. So techno dolphins are heavy into like, what? Like deep trance? Like a lot of EDM. Yeah. Like <laughs> 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 Humanity is long gone. Its memory lingers only as misunderstood rituals among mankind's leftovers. The genetically modified animals they used and abused for eons. But for one flying monkey, Korra, the routines are unbearable. All she wants is to explore. Instead, she's expected to settle down and become a mother and get her wings cut off. Yeah, Damn. it's messed up. You never know what you're going to get from the mind of writer Simon Spurrier. He used to go by Cy. Yeah. He's going by Simon now. He switches it up. He's always Cy to me. Yeah. But you know it's going to be nuts. I wasn't sure I liked Angelic at first, but like he's done with almost every new series he's launched over the last few years, Spurrier hooked me by the end. Limbo's Casper Wingard delivers phenomenal artwork and character design here. Korra's world is tragically beautiful, built literally on the bones of human civilization, or as the creators phrased it in the solicit, think Wally by way of Watership Down. God, it sounds like the saddest thing ever. It's, yeah, I mean, it's Jesus. intense. Angelic number one was a fantastic read. I'm excited for more. Don't let like the talking animal thing turn you off from it, because I looked at it and I was like, what is this bullshit? But it's a really complex Is this deep case story. Of Joe hates talking animals and tells Joe loves talking animals. No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> like, it wouldn't have been my first choice. You know? Okay, all right. I'm giving it a buy. It. All right. Wonder Woman Conan number one from DC, thirty-two pages for three ninety-nine. 
Gail Simone takes a refreshing step of not bothering to come up with some hackneyed reason that Wonder Woman is meeting Conan, but instead drops us into a familiar sword and sorcery tale as only Conan can deliver with amazing art by Aaron Lopristi. That guy doesn't get enough work. I like that guy. What is his deal? I want more. Simone's script reads as good as any Conan title I've read with excellent lettering by Saida Temofante. I really just wanted to say her name. Ooh, Temofante. Lopresti's clean lines and amazing detail capture the world of Conan perfectly while keeping the action swift and bloody. This is really violent, actually. It almost doesn't even matter why Wonder Woman is there when the story and art are this good. I'm on board for this whole Conan-Wonder Woman crossover. She's, she's a thousand years old. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Batman, The Red Death, number one from DC. It's 32 pages. It's $3.99. The Flash creative team of Joshua Williamson and Carmine Deej and Domenico bring us the origin of The Red Death, an aging Batman from a world where his desperation to save his city led him to steal the power of the Speed Force from Barry Allen just in time for the Crisis on Infinite Earths to destroy his world anyway. Whoops! <laughs> Price is right, Failhorn. <laughs> <laughs> now he runs around with a team of similar evil Batman to do the bidding of the dark god Barbados. This issue leaned way more into the dark end of Dark Knight's metal without enough of the bombastic fun element to kind of balance it. There are some fun moments, uh, like Batman's answer to the Flash's cosmic treadmill, but overall, the experience was really dour. Still, Williamson and DJ Domenico are a seasoned creative team, and if you enjoy their work on The Flash, you'll find the Red Death to be pretty much on par. Not essential to the ongoing metal saga, but if you wanted to know more about the character, it was an interesting enough read. Let's just skim it. It's, it's just like, it's supposed to be like a snoring sound. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Is the sound of Mockingbird sawing logs as she sleeps on a private Parker Industries jet. As seen in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man 25, this onomatopoeia of the week comes from the Marvel Lake House, courtesy of JD. Gotta catch them all. I have a feeling we will hear from him in a little bit. It was submitted via our Facebook fan group. If you love watching hot blondes catch some, catch some sleep on private jets and also want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, hit us up on any of our social media platforms or shoot us an email at twoheadednerd at gmail. Now that our fall bacchanalia has come to an end, it's time to retreat to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where Matt and I study the dark arts. Not to hold the enemies of humanity waiting to devour reality as we know it at bay, but rather to unlock the secrets of next week's comics. Matt, Brother Blood's chalice keeps refilling every time I finish drinking. And honestly, I have no idea whose blood we're chugging. I know. I just started thinking about this. <laughs> I mean, it's 2017. We need to be careful about this. Yeah. Maybe we should take a break, possibly take a sample in for testing, and talk about our must-read picks for next week. Next week, I'm excited for DuckTales, number one from IDW, written by Joe Carmanga, with art by Lucas Usai and Gianfranco Florio. Those Italians. I'll tell you what. 32 pages for $3.99. You just elicit a woo in the great experiment Whoa. of the washing machine. Donald and the nephews visit a top secret lab chock full of crazy inventions to make life easier, but might make them shorter instead. And then learn the chilling secret of the lighthouse. I'm just super excited Sounds for DuckTales to come back. If you go through my Twitter history, you'll see me interacting with Joe Carmongo as he was working on names for characters. He couldn't decide if his film auteur should be Mallard Hitchcock or... 
Alfred Hitchquack. And I said, dude. Alfred Hitchquack? Don't ever think it. It's Mallard Hitchquack. <laughs> and he said, that's too much. But I like it. It is too much. <laughs> it is too much. Joe, what is your pick? Look, man, I can't help it. They, I can't help it. My pick for next week is Marvel Legacy number one. Yeah. If for no other reason, then I need to see what's yeah. going to happen. What is this? It's from Marvel Comics, written by Jason Aaron, with art by Asad Ribic and Various. Uh, I'm not so crazy about Various. Uh, you know, hit and miss. Yeah. It's 64 <laughs> pages for $5.99. Here is your solicit. Everything starts here! Hold on. Everything? Everything. Okay, got it. It begins at the dawn of the human race and ends with a child's prayer. What? Mm. <laughs> In between, empires fall, mysteries brew, secrets are revealed, quests are undertaken, and legends are forged, all leading up to the dramatic return you've been waiting for, and one you've been dreading. Yada, 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 ushering in a new dawn, one whose rays will touch every corner of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> uh, so this is it, Marvel Legacy. It's Marvel coming to us with their hat in their hand saying, we're sorry. Yep. Please forgive us it's here. It's everything we've been longing for and more, which means no And everything we've been dreading. No one on the internet will hate it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of hate it already, but we're going to find out. <laughs> That's not true. I don't want to get any emails about this. Um, yeah, so I am curious to see what Marvel does in Marvel Legacy. Yeah, let's give them a shot. They're, they're making... Right. I mean, I know that we were kind of down on the announcements just because they weren't super impressive. Right. That doesn't mean they won't be good. I suppose. And, you know, they've, they've just solicited... The first Mark Wade, Chris Sumney, Captain America, like they're making good moves. Sure, so sure. We're gonna see, and this is the start. One way to find out. One way to find out. The THN trade of the week goes to annual trade paperback. No, you didn't hear that wrong. It's just annual. Image Comics. It's written by Joe Casey with art by Nathan Fox, Jim Rugg, and various. Again? It's 128 pages. It only costs 10 bucks. 999. That's fucking crazy. Annual is here! Annual is now! Annual is a new format comic book anthology for the 21st century! What does it, that mean? I don't know. It all starts here. Pulp Popcorn Tail, The Winter National! The Casey Fox collaboration from... I wanted to yell Playboy, but it's just Playboy. New Millennium Mythology with Jim Rugg, plus more all new material and special features, a once-in-a-year artistic pleasure orgy Whoa. that you simply can't afford Whoa. to miss. I have a boner just thinking about it. Uh, we featured this in the Drunk Nerds Guide to Previews yep. the month it was solicited. Yep. Uh, it The cover design looks like those old DC annuals from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in checking it out. I love Jim Rugg. I do too. I love him. I really do. Uh, Joe Casey, of course, we're big fans. So it should be a, a good time. It will be totally insane. You can bet on that. Oh, yeah. Now that we've filled our bellies with the blood of complete strangers and told you soft-skulled nerds what we think you should be reading, we want to hear from you. Not you. Yeah, you. Not you. What do you think we should be reading and reviewing? Hit us up on any of our social media platforms or drop us a line at twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Before we move on to the back end of the show, I've got to tell you about our latest sponsor. It is Uncaged World of Fighters. This is a physical card game based on mixed martial arts. You can pick it up at uncaged-cards.com. There's also a great YouTube video there that shows you everything you need to know how to play. You're saying, Matt, what the hell is it? Let me tell you about it. It's a physical card game. It doesn't have an app or a browser yet. It's mixed martial arts themes. Styles can include pro wrestling, karate, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, and more. It's easy to learn, but it is difficult to master the gameplay. It's a strategy game, reminiscent of uh, Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh! Card games like that. 
It's got deep mechanics, but it's easily accessible to the casual fan, and it plays just like your favorite arcade fighting games, like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Uh, we were just talking about Killer Instinct a little bit ago. Not as good as Killer Instinct, admittedly. I love those games, but here's what sucks about them. Anybody can pick up a controller and mash buttons and accidentally kick your ass. Not here. This is not a button masher. You got to think. You got to use strategy. It's turn-based. You pick your character, you pick their moves, and you got to think. Look at how this guy fights. Look what might work against them and actually play the game. The game has great artwork, a colorful and diverse cast of international characters, and like I said, you can order it online at uncaged-cards.com. Follow Z Mind Games at ZE Mind Games on the Twitter for more information about it. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show, guys. Go check it out. I think you're really going to dig this one. I'm still waiting for my cards, by the way, because I want to kick Joe Patrick's ass in this. Joey, real quick here. We're going to get tired of listening to ourselves being clever. I want to let these nerds take over the show. But before we do, we better talk about this week's Nerd News! Nerd News! Wow. Yeah. Long fade. Yeah. Matthew Rosenberg has signed an exclusive contract with Marvel Comics. The exclusive was revealed as part of the announcement of Phoenix Resurrection, Rosenberg's upcoming project with Linnell Yu, which brings back the long-dead original Jean Grey. More on that in just a second. Rosenberg is the continuing writer of Secret Warriors and will also be writing both The Punisher and a relaunched Tales of Suspense starting with Marvel Legacy, Tales of Suspense is coming back with issue 100 as a Bucky-Hawkeye team-up. Weird. I can't wait. It'll be fun. It'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Rosenberg also publishes creator-owned work through Black Mask. Uh, he was a comic shop jockey like we were. He's a nerd. And He's a nerd whose dream came true. Absolutely. He was a part of the DC Writers Workshop. Okay, let's get into this Phoenix bullshit. Yeah. As for Phoenix Resurrection, Marvel described the series in a press release saying, quote, as a true celebration of the character's power and iconic status, the five-issue epic will also include five blockbuster artists taking on Jean Grey throughout the run, as well as Phoenix variant covers that will begin in December. Fart noise. <laughs> Strange events are no surprise to the X-Men, but when events start occurring that are more specific and strange than usual, the group is forced to confront the truth. Could Jean be alive after all? Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and how will this Jean Grey deal with a world that is now so different from the one she left? Unlike teen Jean Grey. Years ago. Who's living in a world that's so different than yeah, she left. than the one she a left A couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Senior editor Mark Panizia said, quote, this is just the beginning. Yada, yada, yada. Huge footprint on the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jean will have a startling new role. You'll be left wondering, blah, blah, blah. This comes out when? December 27th, this kicks off, okay. and though they can't seem to decide, it seems like this is the big return that they promised in Marvel Legacy. This is. This is confirmation. And this is how- But we, I think there's still something that's going to happen in the one shot next week. This is week. how we have to live with confirmation like this now, because as they are teasing books that are coming down the pipe, they have to get us excited about books that are coming out next Wednesday as well. So- <laughs> I think that there's know, still going to be a- a big moment in Marvel. I think there's still going to be a return. But. There will be some big moments and returns and whatnot, but Jean Grey is your big one. There it is. Is and it? Is it though? I here's is the, thing. the return of Jean Grey a big return? A big moment? Well, in a little bit here, we're going to talk about Professor X and why he was important to the X Men. Yeah. If they can bring Jean Grey back, 
sort of in the new Professor X role where she comes back and she is running the X-Men. Oh, so she's going to come back and say, hit the streets, Kitty Pride," <laughs> Or not necessarily even hit the streets. Like, you did a great job. I appreciate it. And, you know, Kitty goes, well, you should be in charge here. You should be running things, not me. I've mm. done a terrible job. We got two split teams that are completely schizophrenic. I don't know what's going on with any of them. But, you know, I wouldn't mind that. Is that what we're going to get? I don't know. Well, I mean, this is the first domino. Yeah. Marvel, I think, is within 12 months, we will see a at least resurrected yes. Gene Scott Logan. Oh, yeah. And probably Professor X. Probably at some point. Whether or not they're all going to be together as the X-Men, I don't know. But I think it would be interesting to see Gene as a new headmaster. I think it'd be cool. I mean, they're really, they're just really in love with this old man Logan idea. And I'm not. Look, I, I get it. I don't care. Like, old man Logan is fun. I don't but care. I don't need a time-displaced Logan from an alternate reality well, I mean, running around as the main Logan. It's a whole side argument. They instantly got away from what made that character interesting, which was like, this is not the same Logan. This Logan, like, came to Earth, went, I'm going to kill the fucking Hulk before he does anything wrong, and, like, was going on a murder spree and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And then he stopped and was like, all right, I'll just act like old Wolverine. You're right. He just acts like old Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. And, like, so you can have your Wolverine but and eat your Wolverine, too. Have your Wolverine <laughs> and eat it, too. <laughs> Title of the episode. <laughs> go. In other news, Variety reports that Archie's Sabrina the Teenage Witch is being developed as a new television series for the CW, unconnected to the previous animated and live-action shows. Thank God for that. CW Sabrina would instead be based on the recent comic book series, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, by Roberto Aguirre, Sarcasa, and Robert Hack. I could not be more excited for this. Now, what you do is you go and get Clarissa to be Sabrina's mom. Look, I... <laughs> <laughs> I asked at the end of this, uh, will M Melissa Joan Hart be involved oh, in any capacity? I hope so. <laughs> I truly hope so. So this is not a spinoff of Riverdale, but a companion show to Riverdale. Probably not linked continuity-wise. There's because no reason why they couldn't. There's, yes, sure. There are not supernatural sure. elements in Riverdale. How do we know? Riverdale is a, tra is a trashy soap opera, I not a show where but zombies show up. There could be dark, you know, magical stuff going on in some corner of Riverdale that they don't even know about. I don't think they're going to do it. I hope they do it. But I absolutely think that Roberto Aguirre Sacasa is the best thing to happen to Archie Comics. Without a doubt. Since the creation of Archie Andrews. He made Archie relevant again. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, there's still a place for old Archie, classic Archie, and if you like that, that's great. I like it. But, but it sucks. Stop it. <laughs> it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just a different kind of book for a different kind of reader. Hate it. Uh, you can hate it, but I hate that it. doesn't mean it sucks. It just means it's not what you want, remember? It, no, that's right. It, it means it sucks. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but this kind of revitalization of Archie that he's done with Afterlife with Archie and then the Sabrina spinoff, it directly led to Riverdale, which... At first, we were like, fuck this show. And then we watched it yeah. and immediately changed our tunes. Loved it. Riverdale is amazing. It is so good. And I talk about it with uh, my cousin's daughter constantly. She's like 16. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, I just watched it like for like a fourth time. And I, <laughs> it's so great. I'm excited. I absolutely it's can't gonna wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, I just hope it's not too scary for me. I hope it's terrifying. <laughs> In movie news, Matthew Vaughn, director of Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, and The Kingsman, has confirmed discussions with Warner Brothers to helm a sequel to Man of Steel. And now, in an interview with Collider, he has shared his vision with the project. 
in the interview, Vaughn vomited out the following quote. Weirdly, if I did do Superman and I made the mistake of telling someone yesterday, I have spoken about it and then wallop. Pause. I think my main take would be, it's really boring, but make a Superman film. This either sounds like Dudley Moore or Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't feel a proper Superman. Pause. I think Richard Donner did it to perfection for that time. Just doing the modern. Pause. I want to do a modern version of the Donner version. Believe me, you're going to love it. Okay? It'll be great. You're going to love it. Yeah, huge, bigly. <laughs> Go back to the source material. Okay, so... He was uh, somehow impaired when he, <laughs> he said was all drunk. that crap. He was drunk. But here's the meat of the quote. For me, Superman is color, feel good, heroic. He's a beacon of light in darkness, and that's what I think Superman should be. Yes. Yes. Where's he been? Where's Absolutely. he been? Where's he been for the last four years? Yeah. I mean, and like, look what he did with Kingsman. He took a movie, an ultra violent movie with very high stakes and very serious premise and made it lighthearted, fun to watch. Yeah. I, like, I it's still super it. violent, but yeah. it's, it's fun. It's fun. And but it's if you cheeky. Can, if you can do that with that material, there is no reason why you can't update Superman the same way. There's no and reason. A lot of people are saying that X-Men first class is the best X-Men movie. And I don't disagree. Well, I, well, I'm not, I don't like the characters they chose necessarily. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, like, the nerd in me is like, these are the first X-Men, really? Right. right. Uh, Lenny Kravitz's bug daughter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think X-Men First Class is a great story. Yeah. And it's really well told. Yeah, and it was lighthearted, and it was well done. Yeah. it was. I mean, there's no reason why they can't do it's this just, to Superman. Yeah, absolutely. The easiest thing in the world is to make them dark and mean and gritty and brooding and sad. And like, fuck you, that's not fucking Superman. Yeah. Uh, that's what Matthew Vaughn is saying this. Right. And I agree. I would love to see it happen. And so we've talked a, a lot about the DC cinematic universe and whether or not they can scrap what came before. Look, there are lots of people out there, many, 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 many people out there that are loving what they're doing. Sure. But they're wrong, but sure. Yes. I agree. <laughs> I this is this is one hundred percent I will agree yeah. that your opinion is wrong. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, look, come at me. I'm not sorry. Yeah. You're wrong. Look, it, it, you, you, you love the darkness. You love the violence. Sure. That's great. These are not what those characters are supposed to be. Yes. And I don't think DC is going to be able to afford to scrap it and start fresh. You don't have to. There's too much invested. You, but I think that they can gently, you can gently reset it. Course correct. Yes. I mean, just look, look at X-Men Days of the Future Past. Yes. Where they effectively erased all the dumb shit that we hated about the X-Men movies before it. Yeah. And then they went on to make a mediocre film after. Yes, they did. <laughs> but, you know, DC has also, they've started to write the ship with Wonder Woman. Yes. There's a lot of talk about the tone of Justice League, they, how it looks very Zack Snyder-y, but everyone involved is like, the tone is, is hopeful. I don't trust them. I think that DC might be very slowly, like, it's a big ship, right? right. So it takes really wide, slow turns. Sure, sure. I think they're doing it. I think they might be giving it a go. And I would love it if Matthew Vaughn came in and, and put his stamp on Superman. I would too. As of this time, nothing official. This is just Vaughn No, talking. it's just him saying, and talking out loud. reporting on that rumor. That's all this is. So we'll let you know if we hear further. Don't get your... Knickers in a bunch. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> Don't lead a horse to water. A bird in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> That is the big news for this week. If you want to discuss these stories or anything else we missed, 
you can call us right damn now because it's time for our cover to cover segment where you nerds seize the controls of this ship. It's as easy as calling us 402-819-4894. You can find that phone number on our website. You can click the call now button on Facebook. And we're going to do this until 1230 Central Standard Time. But before we get into it, we get to reset the question of the week we are discussing today. Joe Patrick. Yes. Please reset the question. This week's question comes from our favorite Paraguayan. He's not from Paraguay. He's in Paraguay. Our visiting Paraguay. Black Scorpion number three who writes, I've been listening to a recap of the Booster Gold series by Jeff Johns and Dan Juergens and heard that Barbara Gordon's paralysis was a, quote, moment of solidified time that could not be changed, as was the death of Ted Kord. This was revealed in Booster Gold number five for those of you that aren't familiar with the series. My question is, is there any true moment of solidified time in comics continuity that writers can't, won't, or shouldn't undo? Shan't. Shan't. Can't, won't, or shan't. No, I don't think that shan't. Okay, maybe. I like it. So there's your news and your question. Matt! Open the phone lines! Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, guys, it's Tim. Hey, Tim, what's happening? Hi, Tim. Hey. Hey. Um, hey, I don't know. I, I think I know what the question of the week is, but I don't want to talk about that. All right. Um, All righty. I want to do a little self-promotion because okay. that's what this show is all about, right? Oh, yeah, please do. <laughs> Absolutely. Promote, promote. So I'm putting out a book written by Colin Bunn. Um, Are you kidding me? And Tim he's, Mayer. He's writing another book? A prose book. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he already wrote it. So, um, no, it's a, it's a collection of, sorry, that's not a seven-year-old this week. It's a one-year-old. Oh, wow. So you can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> one-year-olds yeah. are dummies. They can't understand shit. Yeah. No, uh, so Colin Bunn wrote a collection of short stories, and uh, so I'm working with him to publish it. comes out October 6th. That is awesome. So a couple weeks. Um, but of course, I couldn't just like leave it at that. I had to call our buddy Tim Mayer. Um, Talented dude. To do some illustrations. So he has done 24 new illustrations um, that, are, that are in the book. Awesome. And obviously, they and are the creepy. Cover. That is totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they are really creepy. So um, the short stories, it's yeah. like horror based. Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah it's, short um, horror stories. Nothing like, nothing like over the top, like gruesome. Uh, like, I mean, it's not like, uh, yes, it's horror. Okay. Let me just leave it at that. But it, I mean, it's nothing like NC 17 level okay like, it's not torture porn. Or, <laughs> yeah 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 it's not torture porn. well count me out. that's not it's interested in i'm out torture porn. forget yeah. it <laughs> it's just normal torture um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah ryan mount uh did a, a review i don't know if it's up yet uh should be up pretty soon our very own um, hebrews we love that guy yeah and and then uh, Tyler Crook did a, a variant cover Ooh, for it. Oh, I love Tyler Crook. For, yeah, for a like super limited hardcover that we're we're putting out. So, awesome! That's awesome. Uh, it's 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 limited enough that I'm literally printing it and binding it myself. Oh wow! Like it, yeah, like like I'm assembling the pages 
to go into the hardcover. You so. should do the kiss thing, like and like prick your finger and put blood into the ink. <laughs> ooh, you know? ooh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Here's yeah. a, here's a marketing. I, get, I bet I could get Colin to bleed on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should just leave it at your blood, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, use fuck it, that. Like, and in the in yeah. the in the ink for this book, the blood of the guy that bound it. <laughs> there you go. That's so cool. So October sixth. Yeah. Okay. Shoot us. Shoot us all the info yeah. on ordering, and we will put it in the show notes. Definitely, so these nerds can cool. check it out. Oh, that'd be even easier. Most definitely. I I was gonna make them like find my house. Oh wow. Oh, uh, you don't want that. That'd probably be. Yeah. You don't want that, Tim. You've got a one year old, and we've got some questionable listeners. <laughs> true, say, man. You, you think you think uh, that uh, the one year old doesn't care, but they'll care. Oh yeah, Tim. We got another call coming in, but thank you for your call, right, and you be sure to shoot us that info. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Bye, Tim. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It is your resident Dudas Priest, Reverend J.D. Gattacatchamal. <laughs> Our Dudas Priest. Nice. J.D., how are we doing, brother? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Are we calling from the lake house today? Are you six months behind? We are. We for, are calling from the lake house today. For those of you who don't know, J.D. Uh, Gattacatchamal reads his comics on the Marvel Unlimited app, and they release stuff that was new six months ago to digital. So he lives in the past. And, and so my answer, answer of the week is kind of feeding into the Lake House update. Okay. So, uh, first of all, the answer of the week, solidified time. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that there's anything that's off limits. I don't think anything is sacred. Really? Uh, I, I believe in writer's rights. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say that, you know, all of this, you know, hashtag not my character, all that stuff. Sure. Unless you're right, unless you're writing the character, you don't get to say what the character is. You can say what the character is to you, and then just don't read it. But you don't get to say that's not how so and so acts unless you're writing it. What if? I mean, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. What if a character does something so out of their character that it just doesn't even make sense? For say, like, say well, for instance, I don't know, Batman was to Captain ask America that woman to marry. A Nazi. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> well, but they weaseled out of uh, that. Yeah. Right, and that's the thing with a lot of this stuff. I mean, like the Batman Catwoman marriage. I think even you've said it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, this is a story ploy, and I would, I would implore you to give Tom King the, you know. At least give the Tom King the benefit of the doubt. To oh, I'm going to read it. I really liked his Batman. It's been a lot of fun, and you know, I'm going to read it. And it's a and, stunt. And, and, of course it's a stunt. Well, like, my, my Lake House update is, uh, I think I submitted a, uh, an onomatopoeia. I don't know if you used it, but from uh, Amazing Spider-Man 25. We yes, did. Uh, we used it. Snoring Mockingbird. We used it. Nice. Uh, and there's a couple things in that issue and that lead into a lot of criticism of amazing Spider-Man currently, which is, you know, the whole CEOP and now there's a potential relationship between Spider-Man and Mockingbird. Number one, I've loved their partnership from the very beginning of this run. Yeah, I did too. They're really good together. Yeah, it was fun. But, and the thing is, is everyone bagged on, on slot for making, you know, mini Tony Stark, Peter Parker. But I think number 25 shows that if you just stuck with it, he's going to give you the payoff. Parker Luck is coming back. Oh, yeah. Things are turning around. Absolutely. Uh, The end of Clone Conspiracy, which I actually skipped most of. Uh, I just read 
the, the, the recap to find out the conclusion does give a major turn of turn of fortune for Spider-Man that brings him back to a little bit of normal. Yeah. No, uh, back I, to I totally agree. And when you say that everyone is mad at Dan Slott, that's not true because amazing Spider-Man is still shipping 90 to a hundred thousand issues every month. So well, yeah, and that comes back to the vocal minority. Exactly. Exactly. And all that. You said, you know, the, the famous quote that's kind of gone out there now, which is the, we have a habit of saying things suck when they're just not what we want. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason why of the four podcasts I listened to, two of them are comic book podcasts and you're one of them. (laughs) Well, thank you. You guys are really good about that. Fair enough. And when Uh, I, I, like, I know that it's annoying to, I know it it grates on some people when, when people say like, that's not my Superman or whatever. All of all of that I mean when I say that is that like, I am a lifelong, like literally a lifelong fan of that character. And it, means something important to me. Well, and there is a fundamental understanding of these characters that you have once you read them for a while. And when they do something like, I don't know, get in the Batmobile and drive around and fire 50 caliber machine guns into neighborhoods and stuff, that seems kind of out of character. (laughs) 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 But at least give the writer a chance to justify it. Sure. Yeah. And I agree with you there, Jeff. Absolutely. Charles Soule absolutely deserved a chance. And He's still writing it. They're on like issue yeah. 20 or 30 now yeah. at this point, right? And if Tom yeah. King can pull off this Batman marriage thing, great. I, I hope <laughs> I love it. I just, man, they're really going to have to sell it to well, me. Well, and see, for like for everybody that's like Matt, that is like, oh, Batman would never propose to Catwoman. Uh, I'm here to tell you that that's wrong. Batman did propose to Catwoman, and they yeah, got married. <laughs> I know. That like there was there's a version of Batman out there I know. where he had a happy life. I know. There's a version where he's a communist oh, too. <laughs> sure. I like but to Jeff's point, like these character these iconic characters that have been around for 60, 70, going on 80 years, they mm-hmm. go in cycles. Mm-hmm. And well, sure. you know, just about everything under the sun. So. Right, yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. There's not really a lot new. <laughs> Including beat up dark side. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, like for every for every uh, person that bags on Dan Slott for Superior Spider Man or Peter Parker CEO, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, a a guy like me going, "Haven't you guys been reading comics for more than five minutes?" Right. In a, in a year, in five years, in in a yeah. in any amount of time, they are absolutely going to revert Peter Parker back yes. to the way he was iconically portrayed. Probably oh, in yeah. the next couple of weeks in Legacy, and then you'll co- and then you'll complain about that too. Yeah, <laughs> we got another it call coming in, Jeff. Video. I gotta I gotta cut you off, man. <laughs> right, Thanks, Jeff. Good Bye. to hear from you. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hello, hello, hello. What is hello. what is happening in the background? Life, <laughs> oh, baby, yelling in my ear. Life, uh, man. Life. D, is it you? I've had a lot of those. Yes, D. What's happening, D? How we doing? I'm not too bad. I got bumped last week because of a baby. But, oh. you know, I'm not holding any grudges. Yeah, you know, babies do that. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to rap about today, um, man? Um, The question of the week. Solidified time. Was, yes, BS3. That yeah. cool son of a bitch. It's a great question. It is a good question. Love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's so damn awesome. Um, My answer, it's going to be tricky one okay because my answer has to be something that can't be something that shouldn't be changed no matter what right no matter like no matter what period it's reboots how do you mean period expound um crisis infinite earth okay um i guess like new 52 marvel doesn't really have many reboots <laughs> fair <laughs> enough we go there but i mean we can't yeah. have comics without reboots 
We can't. But you exactly. They're, they can't be changed, no matter what. Because that's so you're, what oh, you're saying that they don't exist. Like this is just this is how it is. Comics need to. Are you saying it's, that comics always need to have the ability to reboot? And they cannot be changed. But yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like they, they have to happen, and they can't be changed, no matter what. Even in our time or or their time, like no matter which world we're talking about, reboots are forever, forever solidified as something that's unchangeable. Hmm. I see what you're saying. So the reboot is is not what it appears. It is just part of the story. It's the story. You're saying there's no and such thing as a reboot. Uh, well, and you know what? D like DC embraces that because every time they every time they reboot and they say this is it, the face of the DC universe has changed forever. Right. Give them five, 10, 20 years, and you'll have a storyline where it's like or sometimes six months. Wait a minute. <laughs> Who is this coming out of limbo? Yeah. The Golden Age yep. Superman. Yeah. I thought yep. he never existed. Superman's freaking dead. Yep. You know. <laughs> in the in the button in the button crossover. Yeah. Uh Flash and Batman are are seeing glimpses of the history of the Justice League that got erased. Yeah. Ooh, it got erased. Yep. Or, but no, it's all part of the ongoing story. Right. It's like they're exactly. it's like they're wallpapering over a room yeah. that's already been wallpapered. Right. Almost literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I totally get it now, D, and I totally agree. And Mark Wade uh, came up with a name for this idea. It's called Hypertime. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's that right. every story counts. Every right. story counts. All of them. Even the one where Superman becomes a fat baby. <laughs> all right. Uh. It all counts. And you can either you can either acknowledge them or not. It doesn't matter. You don't have to like it. You don't have to read it. Right. But you don't have to like draw this line in the sand that says, "Okay, only everything to the right of this line matters." Right. <laughs> you can like in ten years, if somebody wants to tell a story about the fade cut leather jacket Superboy. Oh God. Yep. That doesn't exist anymore. With the John More Lennon power glasses. to him. <laughs> Yeah, I was just talking about that on the forums, like uh, on the the group. I want to see that. I the love Legion. that kid. Bring that, bring that ninety character back. Don't well, in the new Legion, DC yeah, is awesome doing story. more and more of this stuff, where they're just like saying, "Well, screw it, let's just tell a story for the story's sake." Oh, we just got that. Well, man, we just got that new Nightwing story that takes place in the future, where like he's defeated all the superheroes, and it turns out it's illegal to have powers and stuff like that. And I mean, they're doing a lot of this stuff right now, which is. Cool. And yeah, I think we could probably worry a little less about continuity, but at the same time, they've trained us to do that. Right. Exactly. See, right. Um, and so this is why oh. I like, you, if you want to argue that hypertime, it's a silly name. I get it. Right. But the idea <laughs> is sound, right? The idea that it all yeah, matters. Yeah. It, like Grant Morrison does a lot of this too, where he talks about like the metafiction and yeah. you know, uh, fictional worlds coming alive, and like it's all the same idea. It's like stories matter, everything matters on some level. Don't get your knickers in a twist, exactly. <laughs> just because they are going to do a new version of character X for right. a while, right? They're bringing they're bringing up a, they're bringing out a, a new Ragman. He looks totally different. They changed his last name, yeah. but not his first name, which is really weird, which is bizarre. But who cares? But, who, who even cares? But did the other Ragman Because exist? there are plenty of stories with Rory Reagan as Ragman <laughs> that I can go back Wait and read. Wait a minute. Who is this Ragman? <laughs> I actually got all bent out of shape about it when we talked about it first. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hashtag not my Ragman. 
<laughs> Dean, thank you for your call. Uh, it's always a good yeah, to hear man. from you, man. And thank you for your good work yeah, in the uh, Facebook fan group. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Before we're reading. I even got my wife to join in. She oh, nice. Yes. Uh, She's reading the book. She's going to participate. The October book of the month is Sweet Tooth Volume 1. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we're going to probably read it on, uh, I mean, talk about it. I said the fifth, but it should probably be pushed back to a little bit later because I haven't started reading it yet. And <laughs> I saw like, a couple people in the group haven't started reading it. But we're going to stick with the fifth. If it changes, I'll let you guys know. Cool. We'll do random posts in the group so no one gets angry. If you do, you've been pre-warned. There you go. Yeah, you know all what? Right. It's one day. Yeah. It's a fun time. It's I'm all day. for it. Um, oh, boy. Sweet Tooth, get ready to cry. Oh, yeah. man. So yeah. if you are interested in being in the book club discussion for Sweet Tooth Volume 1, go to Facebook, search for the Two-Headed Nerd fan group, join the group, participate in the discussion. Um, it's totally You have awesome. until October 5th to read it. And then on that day, D will post a bunch of questions. It'll be like a fun, madcap, crazy discussion. Yeah. And then at the end of it, uh, Jimmy Randall will throw it all together into an MP3, uh, and it'll be fun. I just got the MP3 from Jimmy of the first book club. Oh, cool. In the email today. We're going to throw it up as one of our Patreon exclusives, so you can check it out and hear the well, news I think we, were, we discussed doing the first one on the show. Oh, teasing them a bit. Yep. And then the rest of them will be on Patreon. Okay, cool. D? Awesome sauce. Thanks for your call, brother. Yeah. All right. Later, Have a great we'll day, talk buddy. Talk to you later. Let's go to our voicemails. Who's our first voicemail? First voicemail, Jeff hit September 16th. Oh, sorry, Jeff. You're getting preempted again. <laughs> You're like our Matt Damon on the show. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN Cover to Color. Color, who this? Jeff hit. Hey, <laughs> we were just about to play your voicemail <laughs> from, yeah, la- from last week. Yeah, I, I was and I was so, like, I was screw so you, Jeff hit. You just got cut. By Jeff hit. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. you did get cut because so, that was last week. So I, I legitimately, I legitimately don't remember what I said on that voicemail because I have had a week of five kids climbing on me. So good lord. Um, I think I, I think it was the question of the week, right? Probably. I think so. Well, what yeah. do you want to wrap about today? Yeah. We've got a new well, question. I wanted to, I about wanted to, solidified. I wanted to jump on with, yeah. So I, as far as I'm concerned, they can change anything they want as long as the story doesn't stink. This seems to be the like, popular. This seems to be what everyone yeah. of the two people that yeah. have answered the question. Yeah, 50%, 100% of them. <laughs> oh, a D, three yeah. people. Yeah, like, like, I mean, like, you know, you think of all the great stories where they did change things that were supposed to be unchangeable, like the Winter Soldier stuff. Right. Um, you know, and, and that was great. And then you have, for every one of those, you have, you know, the story where Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn knocked boots and oh. had illegitimate, you know, freaky kids, you know? Ugh. So like, it's not, it's not that they changed this, they change things that matters is that they change it to something that's not better than what we have. Okay. And so that's, that's what that's I, that's a good about. point, if Jeff. Gonna, yeah. If you're going to make a change, just make it better. Don't make it worse. Don't right. make it, don't make it annoying. Don't make it lame. Absolutely. You know, there are some ideas, there's some ideas that just don't see the need to see the night of day. And, and on top of that too, I think everyone's mileage on that's going to vary. What I think is, something that's a stupid change someone might love you sure. know like you know like i hate the new 52 but sales went up you know for a while and so people like those changes for a while so you know i don't want them to be so afraid of making changes that people aren't going to like them that stories that would maybe be cool don't get told sure and I there's people that do a really good job of that guys like uh jeff yeah. johns for example when they brought uh hal jordan back and his yep. his green lantern run 
they the yep. one of the first things he addressed was like, well, why the hell was Abin Sur in a spaceship anyway? If you can fly yep. through space with your ring, what is this dude doing in a spaceship? Turns out, yep. he didn't trust the ring at the time because there was some really scary stuff going on with the you know this yellow parallax power and stuff, and like That's it was right. just a gentle little thing that he put into the story to make it make sense. And we all looked at each That's other right. and went. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yep, that agree. makes sense. You know, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the one thing that the, the one thing I, I really called about that was I wanted to kind of expound on what you were talking with JD about. Okay. Because I'm, I, I, uh, I didn't hear all of it. Um, I caught like the second half, but he was defending, uh, Dan Slott's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which I, I agree with wholeheartedly. Um, and yeah. I, and I and I really, I really have a problem with the idea that characters can't progress and change. I agree. Like, I like totally agree. If our care, if these characters can't grow, and we can't tell different stories about with them, then they're pretty boring. Yeah. Then you just go and, read Archie and, comics, the old school Archie comics, and you'll get the same shit yeah. every time. Yes. And and so like the concept of Peter, Peter basically saying, "Oh, you know, like Doctor Octopus did this thing." And most of it's pretty terrible, but this is actually good. And not only that, but he created all these new responsibilities for me. So now, now I'm not only responsible for all these different people, but I'm now responsible for employees, you know, right. and my Aunt May's livelihood. Right. And seeing how he would deal with that and, you know, hey, guess what? He'd still be Peter Parker even in the midst of this. So that means that he would probably still prioritize being a superhero over being an employer. That is the best defense was- I have heard of this latest Dan Slott Spider-Man run. Yet that is an excellent yeah. defense because honestly, none of this would have happened without Superior Spider-Man, without Doc right. Ock building the framework for this. And what is Peter supposed to do when he comes back? He's supposed to be like, "Well, I'm not doing that." No, I mean, yeah, like, you're no, he has responsibilities. Well, and, and, and just think <laughs> of this: well, how many times have we, how many times have we seen Peter's romantic relationship fall apart? Yeah. because of being Spider-Man, it was, here was a whole new way for Peter's life to go off the rails because of. <laughs> Because of something. Because you know? he's a billionaire. <laughs> I totally, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that really is the best defense I've heard, and I'm going to use yeah, that. Look, like, yeah. Matt and I have gone on record. We are fans of Dan Slott. It seems like Marvel's going to do that thing that all companies do, as we discussed with Jeff. Uh, they're getting ready to hit the reset button right. with Marvel Legacy. And, um, you know, and that'll be fun for a while. Like, we'll see what happens with that. But I've I really enjoy when characters have new developments. Like Absolutely. When DC comes out and says stuff like, "Oh, you can't have these characters get married." Right. You can't have mm-hmm. you can't have uh, the Flash be married to Iris. What are you kidding? It's like, "No, I want these characters to change and grow." Absolutely. I wanted Spider-Man and Mary Jane to have that kid in the 90s. Yeah, Superman and and has a kid right now with Lois. And I hated it. Yep. I was like, "No, I do not want baby Superman." You know what? I love it. I totally love yeah. it because Jonathan they sold Kent me on it. The, Jonathan Kent Jonathan Kent is the best Superboy since Connell. Without Period. a doubt. Yeah. And you know why? Cuz he's directly related to Superman. It makes perfect yeah. sense. And, well, I mean, and he's not just directly related to Superman, but he's directly related to Lois. Yes. And I think that's what makes it interesting is that it, Lois is the second half of the Superman story. Oh, without a doubt. Superman stories without Lois aren't good. I totally not, agree. I like, totally agree. Without, like, she makes that character interesting. I'm going to get controversial so, here. I'm going to get real controversial here. I yeah. would say that I totally agree with you in that. Without Lois, you don't have an effective Superman. Now. That's right. 
Where do you come down on Mary Jane? Oh, 100%. She's, she's Peter Parker's wife. I mean, uh, yes. I mean, it's, 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 not even, it's not even a question. Like, one of the first comics I ever remember reading, going to the comic book store and buying off the shelf myself, was The Wedding Issue. Oh, yeah. Like, was that so was how I was introduced to that character. Now, I understand that people are like, it's hard to write this, and da 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 It's hard to write com- convincing marriage. Yeah, writers of novels have that problem. Yeah, yeah. Tension, 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 romantic tension. There's way more books about the divorce than about a wedding. Sure. Right? You Absolutely. know, like, Absolutely. like, that's an easier thing to do. But the thing of it is, is that right now I'm reading Renew Your Vows, which is probably the better Spider-Man comic on the stands, except for maybe Dan Slott. Right. To me, the most memorable, most moving, most overwhelming Spider-Man line quote from any book ever was from the original Civil War. He goes, my name is Peter Parker. I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Emphasis on since. He's not 15. Right. Right. Things have happened to him. And if you want that, read Miles Morales. Is he is he tw- is he twenty two? Is he thirty two? Is he seventy two? It doesn't matter. He's a hundred and two. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he he is he is he is he's a young man. Period. And how many people get married at eighteen? Yeah. How many people get married at nineteen? Like it makes them seem old. Yeah. Who cares? Only if you get only if you get married at forty. You know, I, I like just one final thought on what you were saying. I don't buy that it's harder to write a marriage than it is than it is to write the clone conspiracy. You know. I don't buy that. Sure. I don't think Dan, I don't, I don't think Dan slot cares. No. Um, mm-hmm. married or unmarried. I think he'd write a married super a Spider-Man just as well as he'd write an unmarried one. Absolutely. I don't think I agree. it's a Without problem a for somebody who has, I, I think it's a problem for how do we, who do we market this to? And, right. And for editors. But, but here's the most important thing that I want to say. This, I remember what I said in my thing is holy Kaboli Marvel two in one. Yeah. I have not been this excited about a Marvel comic in a very long time. I am excited. I really do hope they just have fun with it. Just have a blast with it and go insane. I mean, so I was, I was reading something. Go ahead. I was reading something on the internet. Obviously like you saw that, you know, Alex Ross posted the picture of Reed and Sue and these right. new costumes and then took it down and they did that on purpose. You know, they did. Of course they did. Of course <laughs> you they did. No, there's like, but, but, whoops. I mean, come on. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, 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 and the whole concept of like Marvel two and one, it's the only relaunched book that didn't start with a numbering where it would be. Right. Oh. Like it's the only one, like it didn't go back to Marvel two and one, one fifty, whatever it would be. It's just number they one picked up where they left. It's number one. And well, tell us suspense is going to be number one. Someone was well. doing 100. The, someone oh, was, so, Someone was doing the math, and if you think of the average story arc as four to five issues, the fifth issue of this story arc would line up perfectly with Fantastic Four 650. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's, uh, oh, I'd give you a break. Oh boy, like, oh, that's a that's a serious I, I, comic book Matt, conspiracy theory. I, I, Matt, I'm making a nerd bet with you. All right, all right. Look, I in hope you're first, right. The, Look, I want you to be right. In the first year, in the first year of Marvel Two and One, we will not only see Reed, Johnny, Sue, and Ben, and the kids together, but by the end of it, they will be reunited and acting as a team. Now, what that book is called, it, it may or may not be. It may not be or may not be Fantastic Four. Fantastic this, Family or something. Bring you, or... 
they are bringing it, bring it back. And, and I, for one, am, am, I would, I would give up every other comic book pretty much for a good fantastic four book. I don't, you give me a good fantastic, you give me a good fantastic four book with good art, a good story with, and you give me a mediocre one and it's better in my mind than a lot <laughs> okay, of stuff. Okay, well, you're saying but by the end of the year. By the by the end of the 12-issue arc. Nerd. Like however long it takes in the... All right, nerd bet like, on. Whatever, whatever. All right, nerd yeah, bet on. The there the you go. Year, by, right. by a calendar error. All right. I'm, uh, and, I'm right and, in there. Jeff, we, we got to let you go because I got to get to get some voicemails okay, here. Go. Have fun, guys. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. I can do this all day about Fantastic Four. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> all right. Let's, we got John from Jersey. He's our first call. Got an answer of the week. Let's see what he's got for us. Greetings, nerds. This is John from Jersey calling in with my answer to the question of the week. You know, there are a lot of times where I hear the question and I try to think of an answer that most people won't say. You don't want to hear everyone calling in with the same answer, especially ones that seem obvious. But but then sometimes we don't get the obvious answers, the ones that really do need to be said. So I'm going to go ahead and say what I think is the most locked in, unable to be altered or changed moment in comics history. And that is the death of Ben Parker. Uncle Ben needed to die. Yeah. It's a shame. It's awful. It's a tragedy. And that's why it needed to happen. Because that is the entire impetus for Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man. Um, there, it's the perfect origin. It is beautifully tragic it's inspiring in its own way. I actually get the better origin story than Batman or Superman, which I give the other top origin stories. Um, Hot take. Even, even more than Thomas and Martha. Martha! I think uh, that we need to keep Uncle Ben dead and that moment what it was. Especially the idea that Peter had a hand to play in it and the, the revenge that he sought against the burglar afterwards. It's beautifully written, it's beautifully crafted, and it is locked forever, um, in my opinion. Uh, while I've got you guys here, I just want to also bring up something that I've been seeing trending a lot in social media and on YouTube and things, and that's this notion that the Defenders and Iron Fist has somehow revealed that Marvel isn't infallible, that in fact they can make bad movies. Uh, I think everybody needs to remember that the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Kevin Feige is in charge of was split off from Marvel um, the company itself and now reports directly to Disney as its own movie studio, but not the television division, which includes right. Netflix. Yep. That's why the Defenders aren't going to show up in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. That's why, why the Inhumans is a hot Eason mess. Show up when S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to save the day, but we will see Nick Fury. It's also probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest detriments to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series yep. and all of the Netflix properties. They're still being run by Marvel, which, as far as I can tell, is being run by a madman. Hopefully someday Disney will recognize the wasted opportunities here, and maybe they'll throw in some words like synergy and marketing opportunities and all this other stuff Paradigms. to try and get it back on track. But Blue sky for thinking. now, we have two Marvel universes appearing um, on television and film and Google yeah, cut, cut him off. off. Yeah, he's right though. They are adjacent. They don't, it started off like with agents of shield directly talking about stuff going on in captain America movies and stuff like that and playing off it. And now 
both the Netflix and the you know regular TV shows just feel Marvel adjacent. They don't necessarily feel directly yeah, tied. Yeah, I mean the sh- the show Agents of Shield has always sort of seemed Marvel adjacent mm-hmm. until something huge happens in the movies, like Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, and then they talk about it, <laughs> right? Because they're hamstrung by budget, and like sure. they're not going to get Chris Evans to show up. Of course, um, you know they got Samuel L. Jackson to show up one time. Yeah. And uh, but Jamie, he'll do anything. <laughs> Sam Jackson will do anything. Give me a break. Jamie Alexander, who plays Sif, was on a couple episodes. Yeah. So I mean, it is tied in. It just doesn't f- kind of feel the same because right. I think of budget stuff. Yeah, and he's right. There is definitely differences in quality. And now that there's a definite split between the film division and the TV division, yeah, I think it's being felt. Uh, the Inhumans, I think, is the biggest example. Of yeah, that. like I think Agents of Shield is good. This last season, it was great. Uh, and I fell off. I, oh no, I it's so good. But in humans, like I have to believe that that would not have happened if Kevin Feige had had a hand in it. Well, I mean, they took it off the movie roster for a reason, right? They were going to make a movie. It was supposed to be a movie. Then all of a sudden that was quietly removed yep. from their slate of movies. And they were like, Oh no, that was supposed to be the black Panther in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to mushed it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's right about that. We got a call coming in. I know this guy. You're going to love him. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, it's Jason Sachs. Jason Sexier. Hey. How are you, buddy? How's it going, guys? Good. What do you want to rap about today, brother? Got you give, give you a quick SPX con report. Oh, please do. So, uh, first of all, highlight was probably meeting Chet Nerd, who's just a fantastic guy. Yeah. You guys yes, have to meet him. Have you met him? Um, I've sp- we've spoken to him. Um, we've never I've met spoken him. to him live, like I was on his podcast, yeah. but I've never met him. Person. Never met him. So you haven't seen his armful of comic related tattoos. I've seen them. It's yeah, <laughs> he sent us. Yeah, we had a discussion we, where he was like, "Show us your comic tattoos," and he uh, sent in a picture. He's got like Watchmen art, uh, yeah. like on his arm. It's crazy. He's very a intricate. nerd, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's very intricate. It's like five tiers of the stuff. Yeah, yeah it's very cool. Um, and I was kind of flattered that he recognized me wandering around because you know, I'm just this anonymous. Get out of here. Anyway. You're famous. Get out of here. <laughs> his comic is really good, too. I don't know if you, but his latest comic, anyway. Have you read Ink and Water yet? Uh, no. no, I'm I I think he pointed me to the publisher where we can get a uh, a copy to, to check out. He did. And Joe but, won't uh, share that information with me. So I no, just I, I haven't. haven't I just haven't gotten it yet. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it may have been a show debut. Um, it's really good. It's uh very smart book about a woman uh, dealing with her body image problems, mm-hmm. um, which sounds a little corny, but it's just, it's got this kind of power and explosive energy to it that I thought was really nice. Nice. And um, Kettner draws the hell out of the book, too. He's a talented kid. Yeah, his art Definitely. is so, it's very dynamic and expressive. Um, I just really love his style. Good friend of the show. We love that guy. He's an aging punk rocker. He's a, he's got, he draws with that, like, high energy, like, uh, super exaggerated uh, character movements. He does a lot of like um, mini comics, like on their Patreon page. Yeah, on their Patreon page, they're doing the saga of how they uh, adopted their dog. Uh, so <laughs> for a while there, it was just like several panels of his wife sending him texts of different pictures from the Humane Society. <laughs> How about this dog? <laughs> that dog is too pointy. That dog is too mean. <laughs> too pointy. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, else did you meet? Who else did you meet? You're at the small press expo. Who else was there? 
Um, I saw Andrea Shackling. Okay. Oh, Another her. friend of the show. Which is yeah. always a treat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. She's it's, we love you guys and stuff. No, we love her. Uh, I met and interviewed Tilly Walden, whose book Spinning is probably going to be the big book of the year, is my oh, prediction. Wow. Is that the ballet one? Um, ice skating. Ice skating. Okay. Same thing. I, I saw the co- I saw the cover, so I didn't I didn't. Uh, oh, okay. It, it looked like a yeah, like a, a dance costume. Tilly Walden. Tilly Walden. She, okay. She did a several mini comics, but uh, this is this is uh, you know I so I saw, I saw the cover like you did and saw ice skating. I'm like eh, I'm wrong gender for this. I'm I don't this isn't my thing, but uh, it's actually a really smartly done comic, really beautifully created that uses the world of ice skating as a background for her for a story about her life and her kind of mm. coming to a realization of who she is as a person. Let's check that and out. It's just, it's done a really nice, smart literary way. And she's just brilliant as a conversationalist. She just really thinks through what she did in the book and her approach is fascinating. And uh, it was kind of a buzz book of the convention, actually. People I were did. I saw that. Wow. I saw that, Who's putting that a lot out? of people were talking about it. Who's putting that out? It's, it's through first second. Okay. Yeah, they're great. They're really good second. at this. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, they kick ass at this stuff. So we will, yeah, we'll definitely and, watch for that. Put it on the radar. Yeah, and uh, if you need reviewers, I can connect you to their publicists. So oh, let me know. Yeah. Nice. Well, cha-ching. We will definitely talk about that. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. I've already, I've got the in with first second. We're close buddies. Oh, are we? Yeah, okay. that's why most of the, that's why for a while there we were reviewing nothing but First, second, and no brow books. Because that was all we could get. That was all people would send us. Yeah, yeah the, one of the bummers is that Tucker Stone wasn't there from no brow. Such a fantastic guy. Yes, Tucker Stone moved on. He's he's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he sent us a nice email. Uh, he. Oh, I do remember this, yes. He went off. He, he got a different job. Um, he's still going to be involved in comics. He's still going to be... Um, he, he also does some stuff with Bergen Street Press. Right. Um, because... He's the one that sent us that issue, uh, that uh, trade of the Revenger. Okay. And uh, yeah. so he's still going to have his hand in comics and, and kids' literature, but he did move on from No Brow, uh, which is sad because he was really good at it. Hey, jobs are jobs, you know? Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Speaking of which, Michelle Fife was there. Oh, nice. And, um, fun and nice and interesting as always. Just a great guy. Um, and Charles Forsman also, who you would think uh, wouldn't be a – uh, you know, outgoing, fun guy, but he's a really interesting person. Yeah, so it's kind of the opposite of his <laughs> comics in some way. I felt like I were uh, we kick him a little bit on Patreon. I was getting his mini comics for a while. It's such a far because they he collected it right. I think yeah. he took that to SBX, the collected version yeah. of the mini comic. Um, they are such a far cry from like the Revenger. Uh, it's very like personal slice of life. Oh, really? Uh, uh, done in like a really kind of um, not Tintin esque, but like the style of the drawings, the style of the character designs, yeah. almost like Popeye esque. Really? I don't know how. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm not describing it exactly right. Like but, Golden Age cartoonish. But just like the yeah. like the the way that they're proportioned and drawn, like perfectly round heads, button eyes, you know. Oh, okay. It's way different than the other stuff he does. All right. But yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. Fanographics actually just released a collection of those. Uh, it's called "I'm Not Okay with This." Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. That's yeah. the one. Yep. We'll have to check that out. We need to talk about more of this stuff on the show. 
Yeah. The other uh, great book I want to I want to mention. I'm, I know I've way over your usual time. Is uh, Pope Hats by Ethan Rilly. Pope Hats by Adhouse. Yes. I don't know. Pope have you Hats. have you read Pope Hats? Um, we I have reviewed Pope Hats on the show. Um, on the rare occasion that I would see an issue in the wild. Um, I recognize a name. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think I've ever read it. Yeah. It, it's an oddball name. Um, I think that might be my favorite thing I picked up at the convention. Um, it, it, it's a three part storyline about just a woman who works at a law firm and her slow climb to success. And she doesn't quite know how it's just a really smartly done book drawn in this kind of, Old fashioned style, also huh. about kind of becoming su- successful despite yourself. Pope hats, Pope hats. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, I really, really liked good. it when I re- when I had the opportunity to, re- to review it. Sexier, thank you for your dispatch from the Small Press Expo. I wish we could have joined you. You know, what can you do? Maybe next year. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe next Hopefully year. Next year, it's a good time. We will talk to you very soon, buddy. See you later, guys. All Bye, right, Jason. Thanks. All right, let's get back to our voicemails here. I'm not sure who this is. Shout out to John from Joyzy watching us on the live feed. Yeah, hey, hey. Uh, John, ha- John Literal was also watching. He had to take a quick break. He said, don't let anyone take their clothes off before he gets back. Loose, my friends. This is Trump Man calling in with my answer <laughs> to the question of the week. Camp my man. good friend John from Jersey told me to make this quick or else one might be cut off. What a nerd. When I think about all of my adventures in the time stream, I recall one moment that is definitely locked. About ten years ago, there was a meteor shower above Princeton, New Jersey. You might remember this. One meteor was headed straight for the Princeton Friends summer camp. At that moment, I felt as if a mystical voice was whispering the word Kungaloosh in my ear. I rose to my feet and shouted this word towards the heavens, shattering the meteorite into a thousand pieces, the largest of which landed right in the (laughs) middle of the camp. Upon touching this rock and saying the mystical word, Congolus, I became Camp Man, protector of camp. Many a villain has tried to alter this history. From Camper X to Rainy Day to the villainous Anti-Camp League. But none have proven oh, successful as this moment is locked in time. Well, that's all for me, true believers. Until next time, remember the spices and congaloosh. Congaloosh? <laughs> Is that the word? Congaloosh? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a giant ape throwing uh, up. <laughs> so last, uh, last week when John called and he was talking about Camp Man. Right. Uh, we have... Uh, a Twitter follower. Uh, I believe he's British. His okay. name is Mark Tarrington. Yeah. He's uh, British. Shout out to Mark. If you're watching, um, whenever a new episode drops, he will like live tweet his reactions to it. Yeah. 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 And so it'll be like 30 tweets. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's totally great. It's like a recap. Um, but he went on this whole, like, uh, he went on this whole <laughs> aside about can't man, but, uh, but, uh, uh about, because we thought it was he was saying can't man. Yeah, C-A-N-T. And so he interpreted it as K-A-N-T, like Emmanuel Kant, oh, the philosopher. Man. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. That's even better. It was hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's check in with BS at three. He's traveling. He, as we mentioned, he's in Paraguay. 
Paraguay. Paraguay. Hey, nerds. It's BS3. I'm going to be out of the country until um, Monday, so I want to make sure I leave some calls since it's my question of the week, right? Uh, solidified time. The the actual challenge is whether or not I, I could think of anything that hasn't been undone. And we're not talking elsewhere worlds or anything like that. The only thing I could think of, the moment of solidified time that is not undone in continuity, uh, it's not the death of the Flash, not Barbara Gordon's, nothing like that. It's, it's actually not even the death of Uncle Ben, right? Um, Bruce's parents getting shot, period. Uh, without that, we have no origin story for uh, the Batman and, you know, the most referenced origin over and over with the details uh, would be completely gone. So that's the only answer. Um, hearkening back to my first call, ever is BS3. Uh, I, I wish that Barry had never been brought back to life. I wish that that were a moment of solidified time, but, uh, you know, ushered in my departure from keeping up with new comics. I hope all's well for all of you. Uh, and in terms of Doc Talk, one more comics documentary that's streaming on Hulu is now the, uh, the 24-hour comic challenge, uh, Scott McCloud's uh, comic challenge. Uh, worth checking out. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. I do want to watch that. I do love the Doc Watch. Thank you, BS3. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude watches a whole bunch of comic book documentaries, tells us which ones to watch, and then we tell you, like, we're smart people, too. But we're not. He is a smart one. So. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, Death of Bruce's Parents, I kind of agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to this point and to uh, Jeff's point about Uncle Ben and to my answer coming up later... It's, these are things that if you change them or remove them from the origin of these characters, you're talking about a different character. Yeah, you don't have the character. This is not Bruce Wayne. It's not Bruce Wayne. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, okay, for example, and nothing to do with comics. In the 90s, we got a Matthew Broderick film about Godzilla, and they fundamentally changed everything about the character to the point where it was completely unrecognizable just by changing the origin. That's all they did. Right. Just by changing the origin. And, and everything that followed is not that character. You sure. don't kill Bruce's parents, you don't have Batman. Right, like, by all means, if you want to create a, a new version of Batman for the modern day sure. that has a different origin, more power to you. Fine. It's not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uncle Ben doesn't die, you don't have Spider-Man. I think, I think that those moments are such an indelible mark on the histories of those characters. Right. It, like you can you can even say like Superman like it's like Krypton saying Superman exploded. was not born on Krypton or Krypton never exploded or he's not from Krypton his right? parents like, just got rid of him. <laughs> the the whole point of Superman is that he's the ultimate immigrant right that has come to Earth and made good and he loves it and embraces it as though it were his own yeah and you take that away and it's it's not the same it's not Superman period. Yeah. Let's check in with Stately Lord Fungus across uh, the pond. Live from beneath the moat of Mushroom Manor, beneath this is Stately with a segment I'm not going to call Woolly Mammoth Wrangling with Helen Keller. <laughs> As the weather gets colder, myself and QE2 have been cuddling up with the corgis and binging on Mr. Robot, Preacher <gasps> and cheap Chinese heroin. Nice. In addition, we've been out and about in the grounds, clearing up the leaves and dousing the flamingos in antifreeze. <laughs> During one of these soirees, it occurred to me that I have a large hole. It's a hole that I need filling I with bet. a fiery jet of knowledge that only a two-headed, four-handed fellow could oh. deliver. Oh, my. I want to ask, if one was to begin reading the Wildstorm universe as a novice, oh boy. where would one start? And at what point does one stop, having reached a logical and artistic conclusion? It's the one universe I missed out on, and having caught up on the current run, I am utterly intrigued to see what I've missed. I digress. This week... As part of the Queen's English segment, we will endeavour to learn the common phrase for mommy-daddy love time. Oh boy. This is 
Rumpy Pumpy. Rump- say it with me, nerds. Rumpy, Rumpy Pumpy. Pumpy. Also, you could say, I gave him a good rogering, or <laughs> we're off for a bit of How's Your Father. Oh, yeah, Both a little bit of How's Your Father. guarantee the sort of entertainment only a corpse would sniff at. <laughs> right, that's me spent for another week. I'll be emailing live from the site of Uncle Tarquin's ballooning tragedy next week. Until then, this is Stately saying, oh, no, not I. I will survive. <laughs> He's off for a bit of rumpy pumpy. <laughs> that was solid. So, okay, you're, you're caught up on Wildstorm, and you love it. And I think... No, 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 that's not what he asked. He's He said, no. where, where is does a he good go back point? with stuff? I'm getting there. Yeah, he's not caught up on Wildstorm. He wants to start reading Wildstorm. No, I, he said he's caught up on the current Wildstorm that is running on DC, and he loves it, and he wants to know where to go in the old Wildstorm because he never read it. Your best bet, honestly... It, Wild- hey, shut up, Patrick. Nobody asked you. Your best bet is to go back and just pick out some of the key stories and not worry too much about the timing because it was a bit of a mess. And the Wildstorm that I'm in love with is more like the Matt bomb of that time reading comics and freaking out. You know what I mean? So I would say the first place would be to check out some of Warren Ellis's Stormwatch. And there's a story called Change or Die that was really sort of like the end that was the end of Ellis's. Yeah. Well, not the end, but it was. It set up a new status quo for the characters and a couple of the teams and whatnot. But I think that was really the first time that I looked at Wildstorm and went, wow, they can do whatever they want here. Change or Die was wonderful. But I would not start with Change or Die. I would start with the beginning of Ellis's run on Wildstorm. I mean, you could. I uh, on, on Stormwatch. Uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely could. It, it, that beginning of that run was wonderful, and it came because, after one of the worst runs. <laughs> yeah, because it literally it literally starts with the guy that oversaw Stormwatch, Henry, Henry Bendix, Bendix yeah. saying, "Okay, ninety uh, percent of you are lame idiots, and yeah. you're fired." Yeah, it was Warren Ellis coming in and basically <laughs> yeah. saying, "No one was doing a good right. job with this book." Uh, and then and then he said, "And here are some new recruits that are on the Black Ops squad: yeah. Jenny Sparks, Jack Hawksmore, Swift." Yeah. And that, and then you knew, oh, Ellis is taking this somewhere great. You can also start with Alan Moore's run on Wildcats. It was just excellent. And again, Wildcats and Stormwatch were both in a really weird place where they were not being written well. It was just like artist splash pages and garbage. And then Ellis and Moore came in and really changed the direction of the universe. So I would say, yeah, start with Ellis's Stormwatch and start with Alan Moore's Wildcat. Change or Die, back to Stormwatch, Change or Die is is the storyline that essentially jumpstarts the authority. Yes. Because at the end of Change or Die, Jenny's squad right. with, with Jack and Swift, they're like... We're doing it wrong. Yep. We quit. They decide we're doing it Don't wrong. Don't come after us. We'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go do our own thing. The whole time, they were basically trying not to be the Justice League, and they sort of realized we have to be our own kind of Justice League, and that's where we get the authority. And it's... Well, whoa. actual justice, not... Yes. Like, in the, in the, the kind of a cynical 90s interpretation where yes. it's like, yes, overthrowing corrupt dictators and... Uh, Doing what we think is best for the world, which is a whole nother argument, and that does right. come up in the book. It was the dark side of the DCU, right. basically. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, Stormwatch is great. Uh, the Authority that followed by yeah. Ellis, he did the first year, uh, or the first 12 issues, I should say. Yeah. Um, which was then followed by Mark Miller. Yes. Immediately followed by Mark Miller, yes. right? Read those, and if you love them, I've got plenty more for you. <laughs> but yeah. that'll definitely get you started. Let's go. And and also, it also dips into a lot of the Wildstorm universe. Yes. 
You know, you don't, uh, like, uh, Ellis's Stormwatch crosses over with Wildcats and inexplicably Dark Horse's Aliens. <laughs> but, but, but in a really, in cool a really way. great way. And yeah. They made it count. Oh. They totally made it count. Yeah. This was not and like. They can oh. never reprint it or reference it again. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Still great. Let's check in with Bully Toots. It's Marvel Toots in one time. <laughs> Boy, am I excited that that book is coming back. Uh, it's a very beloved series of mine. I don't want to project on what you guys uh, said, but it almost felt like you were playing off the original series as just kind of a, you know, it's a fun team-up book, uh, but it was, you know, no big deal. Here's my hot take. I think that the original Marvel 2-in-1 series is probably one of the most important comic books series ever put out by Marvel Comics. That is a hot take. Prove it. not the most important. Prove it. Here's why I say this. Prove it. Prove it. He's doing it. The book had 100 issues and then seven annuals. 107 issues. 23 of those issues are key issues First appearances, second appearances, it's across the board. It's amazing. So almost 25% of that entire book's run was a key issue. Give me another Marvel series where 25% of the run is important and had something big time go down in it. okay. I bet you can't name it. But anyways... uh, so with the new series coming, it being important, bringing back the Fantastic Four, whatever it's going to do, that just follows suit, right? It just shows you how important. Yeah, the book was fun, but I think a lot of people just kind of blew it off. Marvel 2-in-1 is big-time dudes, and it's way cooler than Marvel Team-Up. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not blowing it off. I, we both got excited. I'm ready for it to come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jared makes a good point. He makes a good point. A, a lot of characters made their de- their debut in Marvel 2-in-1 that are still around. Yeah. Um, Marvel 2-in-1 annual number two was the death of Thanos, which was a big-time thing. It, yeah. cro- it crossed over with um, the Avengers annual that was at that same year. That was the death of Adam Warlock. Yeah. And yeah, that was a big deal. That was huge business. So yeah, you know what, Jared, you're right. I mean, I still do kind of think it is kind of frivolous fun. They weren't like super high stakes stories, but they did have an impact and I did love them. It was also a place for them to tell those big wacky stories with like, there's no rules. Let's well, go crazy. And, and just you saying know? that it's a, just saying that it's kind of a frivolous fun book is not a, a negative thing. No, it's not a bad I thing. just mean like, it's not the Watchmen of the Marvel universe, right. but I love Marvel two in one. I am extremely pumped, especially if it's leading to this big Fantastic Four revival, yeah, I I I want books like this. I want books that totally. are fun, totally, where we don't have to worry about the rules so much, and we can just have a good time. Yeah. So in the meantime, I'm gonna click on Randy Andrews' call. Greetings, Joe and Matt. This is Randy Andrews emailing in my answer for the question of the week. Um, I don't really have an answer to the question of the week because <laughs> to me it doesn't really make sense too much, but. Um, I guess the only thing that I would see that should stay permanent in a solidified uh, timeline for, say, a character dying, I would have to go with um, Xavier of the X-Men. I don't think he's needed anymore. 
Uh, he provided Hot that take. Roll. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to we'll get, get back we'll get to, to this. this in a second. Thank you for calling. THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Well, hello to it. And I'm a first time, long time. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Here where I was expecting Harvey Locust, but we get a first time, long time caller. What do you want to rap about, sir? I don't know. What I wanted to rap about was just was it the question that we've got this week about something solidified in the uh, characters or history. Yes. Um, so, you know, a lot, I love Superman. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, and I was thinking that solidifying would be Martha and uh, what, I, who is that? Is that his daddy? His mom is that raising him. Jonathan, you know? Jonathan, so, Jonathan, Jonathan. Yes. John, of course, Jonathan, how could I forget? Anyway, <laughs> but really, if you think about it, it is solidified, but it's not because there was the alternative red sun when he, and that was fantastic. But so, so what is the solidifier? It is the destruction of Krypton. The destruction of Krypton is the solidifying event, not only just within him, but in all the other characters that come from Krypton. Without that, single event, the destruction of that Krypton. We don't have the Supergirl. We don't have the Superman. We don't have General Zod. We don't have all of the numerous brainiac, all of these characters. Absolutely. All the Beppo, the super chimp. Yeah. Ace. Uh, oh, <laughs> but of course, who can forget Beppo? Yes. <laughs> yes Swifty, the super event. horse. Come on. <laughs> Comet. Comet. Oh, Comet, Comet, the super horse. My bad. <laughs> yes, yes. So that, I believe, is like the single moment with all these characters are built upon and come out of. And without it, even when you have the uh, alternative black thing on Superman's chest that Mungo sent to him and he thought he was in Krypton and it broke his brain and he came out of that <laughs> because Krypton wasn't destroyed. It's yes. Totally unnatural. Yes. That event, that event is the solidifier for that entire universe. I totally agree. I think you're right. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for your call. First time, long time. And as always, uh, I must say it's always welcome good to hear from you, but welcome aboard. First time caller. We've never heard from you before. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. It's so sweet. Thank you so much, lad. All right. Have a wonderful weekend, sir. We'll talk to you uh, again, I hope. Sounds good. Thanks, All lad. Right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oi. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit ago. Uh, fundamental things in origins, such as the destruction of Krypton. Yeah, I mean, I think without the destruction of Krypton, there, why would there even need to be a Superman? Yeah. Why would that character be Superman if right. it didn't come from? Yeah. Eh. Absolutely. But, uh, so, back to Randy. Yeah. Because... Uh, There's some controversial uh, shit going on here. Let's, Greetings, Joe and Matt. Because they're much better characters and much more interesting now that he's not there. Um, it also shows us the consequences of what had happened after his death. Um. One other thing, uh, today, well, actually this Sunday, the 24th of September, um, I know this will go up later, but it's my wife and I's anniversary, oh, 12 years. Nice. So we're going out to dinner to the Grey Plume, Nice. and I just recorded my very first podcast for Gen 13. Um, it's called the Gen 13 Files. Happy anniversary, um, honey. You can find it at the Gen 13 Files at or dot podbean.com uh, to be able to listen to the first episode, but it won't go up until like first part of October. Um, I'm only doing it once a month because it's hard to kind of keep up with a comic podcast and also do a soundtrack. Podcast. You don't so say yeah, so two, pod, two podcasts. Two podcasts. <laughs>
<laughs> Two podcasts at a time is difficult, you say. Okay. I don't know anything about that. All right. Let's, uh, let's unpack this. First, let's in reverse order. Let's unpack this. In reverse order, good news. Congrats on the new podcast. Yeah, that's great. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. You'll love the Grey Plume, my buddy Clayton's place. Really and also, that is... Uh, I can't even believe what I was hearing about Professor. <laughs> yeah, I I have to disagree. Randy, I love you. I have to vehemently disagree. I need Charles Xavier back to turn the X-Men back into the X-Men. You mean, you mean Xavier? Yes. Professor Charles Xavier. Xavier, yes. I need him back. <laughs> I think he was sort of the moral compass of the team. He was also the father figure of the team. And ever since he's been gone, I haven't felt like they've been a team at all. So, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree as well. I mean, look, Professor Xavier, Professor Xavier, we kind of look at him, fans of the X-Men tend to look at Professor Xavier through rose-colored glasses, uh, but if you really examine the history of that character, the famous Kitty Pride line, Professor Xavier is a jerk, uh, is probably the most apt description for that character and his motivations. Yes, yeah. Um, because he has done a lot of shady shit. Yeah. And I know that a lot of that is at the hands of writers who Absolutely. probably should have known better. Yeah, there's a like, long period of time where they were doing the whole Reed Richards is a jerk, Tony Stark sure, is a right, jerk, yeah, Professor right. X is a jerk. But like, look, hey, Ed Brubaker, I love you, but maybe consider how damaging it will be to the legacy of this character to reveal that he secretly had a second squad of children yeah. that he sent to their deaths and yeah. then didn't tell anybody, including the brother of his <laughs> most prized pupil, who he then erased from memory. Well, okay, first of all, how would that ever bite anyone in the ass? I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> who could have foreseen? Yeah. Who could have foreseen? No, I... Anyway, I like Professor X, and I, I, I have to catch up on Astonishing X-Men, but I hope he's coming back. Talk about uh, our answer to the question of the week, and let's get it, let's hit it quick because we've been here for a while. Moment of solidified time; they cannot change. Um. Okay. So, we, I mean, we often say there's you know like only one character that stays dead, Uncle Ben. Right, but you know it used to be only Uncle Ben and Bucky. Yeah, and then they brought Bucky back. Now it's only, and Uncle it's ben. exactly like Jeff Hitt said. You know, anything goes up to a point as long as it's good. Right. They it's when it's bad. Thomas Wayne came back briefly as Batman in another reality. And but that was on alternate realities or still alternate reality is fair game. Yeah. I don't give a shit about alternate reality, but it was great. With my you want to yeah, give me a story where Batman's mom is the Joker. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm on it board. It was awesome. Flashpoint spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, uh, and like we said earlier, you remove these elements, you remove the death of the Waynes or the destruction of Krypton or the right. death of uncle Ben. From these characters, then you're suddenly talking about a different character. Yeah, you take the tragedy away, and they could just as easily be a bad guy. It's not even. It's not even so much the tragedy of it. It's that it's, it's the it's the thing. Yeah, it's the formative thing. Yes. And for me, my answer to this question is Captain America's involvement in World War II. They haven't stripped. They're not going to strip that away. I'm saying this is what I think. Oh, okay. This okay, is my okay. this is my answer. This is the moment that I think should not be gotcha. touched. And you know what? The future is hitting us pretty fast. Yeah. And pretty soon, but we'll be dead. But before before the world knows it, it's going to be in a real weird place where they have to say, gosh, Captain America fell into the ice 150 years ago. Well, I mean, it still and works. At a, but at a certain point, like, there's man, with a, there's man without a time in the sense that, like, whoa, that car looks weird. 
And what is that thing showing moving pictures on my... Sure, sure. That's one thing. Times Square, what happened? Yeah. Right? Because you still recognize the world. You still know what things are. Right. Uh, there's also like waking up in a future where you don't recognize the world at all. Right. Like, I, I, I've thought about this before. The idea, like, uh, if 500 years from now, if the planet is not a smoking cinder and they're still telling Captain America stories, what's that going to be like? Like, at what point does the human brain... Well, not Van- snap back. Vance Astro is going to be Captain America by then, so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Right? But you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yep, he fell asleep with uh, sure in World War II, and then he woke up and like Snorkel Blast is <laughs> President of the United States. Uh, Ambassador Snorkel Blast. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that like without Captain America without his debut in world war two okay. and his um, creation as like a, a, rea- a rallying point for the allies and his defeat of the Nazis. Uh, I don't think that's the same. It's not captain America. Okay. You can have new captain Americas. They've done it. They did it with the Falcon. They sure. did it with, uh, sure. with the U S agent. So it's not Steve Rogers. Right. Right. I think that, I think that the Steve Rogers captain America needs that element to work. Okay. You can keep sliding it back. Say that he woke up in the 80s. Say that he woke up in the 90s. That's what they have to do. Right. But you have to keep that origin point the same. I would argue the same with the JSA. Okay. Right? You know, if you're going to have the JSA come back in the modern day, you got to have them, you got to leave that origin point. This is exactly where I was going to go. In the World War II. This is exactly where I was going to go. And not necessarily, I mean, World War II, but Golden Age DC. And, and I was bringing this up because we've got, like, Hawkman coming back and hints to all this JSA stuff that's happening real soon here. Yeah, that was mine. They need to be from a time, and I don't care if it's a different Earth, a different reality, but they need to be from a Golden Age DC time. They need to be the fathers and mothers of... Yeah, I guess with the JSA, it's not so important that they're literally tied to World War II. No, but I but agree with that. Golden that, Age yeah. DC, where they are the older heroes that are coming back to show the younger heroes. This is how we used to do it. The rules still apply. That was going to be mine. And I hope they stick to that. Right. I really and, hope uh, they stick to that. Somebody I don't want to see the- young DH JSA. I was fine when Jeff Johns brought in new versions of older characters like Adam Smasher and stuff like that who are related to the old characters and whatnot, working right. with the old right. characters. I'm a modern, a modern day Dr. Midnight. But Wildcat better be an old man. Yes. You know, stuff like that. John Literal, who was watching the chat, we weren't even talking about JSA at the time. He posted, you know, we don't need a sexy young JSA. Give yeah. us the grizzled veterans yes. who have to apply ointment before they go and Gross. knock out the bad guy. Uh, then they need to pick up their grandkids on the way home. And Yeah, and if you don't want to read about old people being superheroes, don't read it. Don't read it, yeah, but they need but to be it's older. not the JSA. I want the... J- they're the elder statesman. Yes. And if you say, yeah, he's... J- that's part of the reason why Earth 2, the comic book by James Robinson, never really worked for me. Right. Because they're like, yeah, it's Jake Garrick. He's even got the bull hat. Yeah. But it's like, no. That's what pissed me it's, off about- It's young Jake Garrick. That's he, what pissed me off about Green Arrow, is they yeah. de-aged the hell out of him. And honestly, I liked the idea of older, kind of hippie character running around still doing this stuff and not quite understanding all the young kids that are doing it and why they're doing it. Yeah. I don't give a shit about younger Green Arrow for that same reason. Yeah. He was established as an older character. Right, we talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that a week or two ago. All right, enough of this BS. Let's get out of this. But before we do- Tell these jerks about the new question of the week. 
All right. The new question of the week comes from Bobby, the nitpicker on the THN Facebook fan page. He writes, quote, I wish some comics were bold enough. You know, this is actually kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. I wish some comics were bold enough to move on to the next chapter of the characters and not just hint at it in a single issue. I would much rather read about Damian Wayne's Batman at this point. What future version of a character that was hinted at would you rather see assume the mantle and let the comic actually show some progression? I like it. I like it, too. I like it. Uh, my answer, I mean, it's going to be hard for me not to immediately say Wally West because they gave it to us and then they took it back. Yeah. But that's another discussion for next week. All right. There it is. You got your question of the week. We had a lot of fun today. Thanks, everybody that called in. Thanks, everybody that watched. QE2. Getting drunk, eating Chinese food, debating Buffy. That sounds great. Good show this week, everyone. I had a good now time. Now get out there and have yourself some rumpy pumpy. Hey, whoa. <laughs> so we'll be back next Saturday. You can play along. In a the bit meantime, of how is your father? You can send us you know what we mean. your MP3 answers or leave us a voicemail. And uh, like I said, we'll play them on the show next week. Still want to hear from somebody who saw the Inhumans. Nobody saw the Inhumans. That's the trick. Turns out nobody That's did. That's the joke. That's why it made fives of dollars. Fives, <laughs> fives of dollars. <laughs> All right. Excelsior! Oh. That is it for THN 461. If you dig podcasts that learn about British slang, talking about making the sex, such as Rumpy Pumpy. Rumpy Pumpy. <laughs> how's your father? You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to send a little bit of Rumpy Pumpy over to our latest patron, Jay Barry, and everyone that supports us on PayPal and Patreon, and also that participates in the weekly discussion, watches yeah. us on Facebook Live. Most definitely. All this stuff. You all are great contributors to the show, whether you donate or not. That said... Please consider doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Without you nerds, we just, we don't have the cash to get our rumps pumped as often as we want. Whoa. It's true. <laughs> before we go, our weekly shout out goes to. Oh, wait. Stop. Real quick, before we head to the sign off, I want to give one last reminder. We are raising money for hurricane relief. Uh, if you are interested in helping out, we're going to give out sketches and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, if you donate to the Two Headed Nerd PayPal, before the end of this month, which is coming up in a week. So go to the show notes, click the link, read all about it. Give till it hurts. There you go. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Riverdale star KJ Appa, Archie Andrews himself, who fell asleep at the wheel and crashed his car into a light pole after a 16-hour day of shooting. Word to you, Archie Kins. Glad nobody was hurt. And hey, producer peeps, no one to call it a night, huh? These are kids you're dealing with. 16 hours? That's abuse. That's a long freaking day. I mean, he is 20, but still. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer just might come and pump your rump. This is THN, signing off.